Today's reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 40 through 42. We'll be reading from the New International Translation. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. Amen. Good morning. I'm Pastor Nancy here with Pastor Mark. Good, Good morning. to be with you. Good you to warm be with enough? You. Um, it is a little chilly. Got my blanket scarf on and my cup of tea here. Yeah, a little chilly in the building. Uh, We're going to be sharing today's sermon in more of a conversational style. We've been processing together, getting ready, and it was pretty awesome to see Anna up there because Anna, yesterday, placed second in cross-country at State. Isn't that amazing? It's pretty awesome, and congrats to both the Skyline and Eastlake teams. Both placed top 10 uh, this weekend at State Cross Country Meet, so congratulations to both of them. Yes, I see Anna back there. Great job. Oh, yeah. Great job, everybody. And, yeah, and of course, our, our Eastlake boys, Our Eastlake boys, yes. Chris and Ethan. So amazing. Hey, we've made the turn towards the holidays. It's officially after Halloween. I know a friend actually put up her Christmas tree this week. But as I think about the holidays, I always go back to my grandparents' My grandparents were so welcoming and loving, and I just loved being over there, the way that I felt known and cared for. And as I grew older and had a home of my own, I loved inviting them to my home. And even after my grandpa had passed, when I would invite my grandma over for the holidays, I wanted to create that welcoming space for her. And I would even point out things that she had given me that I used. Like, I have a rolling pin that my grandma gave me that was actually my great grandmothers and I still use that when I make pies for the holidays and it just reminds me of that that welcoming loving environment I had this group of friends when I was in sixth grade um, where we'd get to school, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes before, and we'd just hang out outside in this little circles, maybe five or six of us that we would together every day just talk about the day or talk about whatever. And it was just this really meaningful time. And so it was one Monday morning, and I come to school a little bit early, same group of friends, five or six of us in this little huddle. And I was the last one to arrive, and I walk into this conversation where this group that I thought were my deepest friends, closest friends, talked about a birthday party that they were all at for one of the people in the group, except for me. And for me, that was this deeply painful experience of thinking that I was welcomed into this group, into this group of people in this place, and and yet felt like a total outsider in that experience. And so for many of us, we've been on kind of both sides of this welcome, feeling so warm, so welcome, so invited. And, and maybe for some of us, we've been on the other side of that oftentimes, of feeling left out and feeling like everything but welcome. And most of us in this room have had similar experiences to um, both of those circumstances. And as we talk about welcoming today, we're talking about kind of two different contexts, two different ways of getting ready, um, and two different areas. We're excited to welcome the Bailey family here uh, in the next couple of months at the new pastor that we've called. And we're also going to be evaluating what it means to be a welcoming people of God. And as I think about being welcomed at my grandparents' house or me welcoming them, It wasn't about the things. It wasn't about their house. It's not about a rolling pin. 
It was about being fully present with them. So we do begin this three-week series where we'll be looking at this phrase, simply getting ready, as together we're on the cusp of something new as a church, and yet are we ready for it? When you consider something or someone being especially warm or welcome or inviting, what comes to mind for you? Maybe it's a specific space in your home or someone else's home, or maybe it's that comfort food Probably something cheesy. Um, maybe it's a comfy couch or a familiar friend. I don't know. Nancy, what comes to mind for you? Okay, what comes to mind? I'm, I've am i learned this word from my husband who is Dutch, and we do have some members of our congregation who are from Holland or who have lived in Holland, and it's this word, gezellig. And I know we're going to look at this, and there's Nancy, the... Nancy, I don't even know. I don't think you said that right. I, I know. No. I know I'm not, and I'm getting stares from over here. Oh, I oh, see. Yes. You, you got a thumbs up from Yiska. I get the so, thumbs up. Yeah, yes. They are from Holland. And I looked up the uh, articulation of it, but it's not ick. It's this deep G that they say. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm still not getting it right. But it it's not translatable into English. It means this deep, comfort, cozy feeling, this gathering with friends, with family, this intimate space where you're sharing in life, this meaningful space. Maybe even after you've seen a friend um, that you haven't seen for a long while, you're together in authentic conversation, interaction, and sharing in life together. That's what that word like encompasses all of that. So as a church, as individuals, as families, as a community, we are on the brink of something new, a new season with new opportunities. We consider what God might be doing to call us to cultivate this radical welcome. Where is our focus? Is it on this new pastor? Is it in this building? Is it um, actually on God? What are our hopes where have we placed vision for, for new dreams or new opportunities with this next season? How has God already been at work in this season to come? And so a key question that I think we need to ask ourselves if we are truly going to be living into this full expression of God. There's a key question that we have for us today. Are we living as this key expression of God's presence. And just as you and I were processing this week, the question that kept coming up for both of us was, is Jesus still here? Is Jesus still here? With all of the transitions, divisions, um, hardship that we've endured as a people of faith, as a community around us in this last season, we kept coming back to this question. Is Jesus still the center of our church? You know, it's a, it's a hard question. Probably, no, the most important question that we could be asking as a congregation um, in this season. It's, it's one that um, I think our text really helps us with this morning. It has this, this framework that really provides answers that arise in Matthew 10. Um, this radical hospitality is what Jesus suggests in Matthew 10, 9 through 15. It was a radical hospitality because truly throughout uh, the Roman Empire in the first century, um, living justly or this concept of a radical welcome, caring for the poor, loving your neighbor, those were all pretty foreign concepts 
in the cultural context at that time. Even this morning, we had our Kairos Kids moment talking about Micah 6-8, where God has always been about the work of radical welcoming, of pursuing justice, of welcoming in even the furthest who are away from God. And yet, Jesus brought this new type of living, a radical new way of hospitality that reshaped societies and relationships. And 2,000 years later, we're simply continuing the way through a posture of renewed welcome. Oh, I love that. A posture of renewed welcome. But being welcoming is not something that was new to God in the first century. Um, from the beginning of creation, God has been welcoming. We can think of the Garden of Eden as he welcomed creation to live fully and in relationship with one another. Yeah, I think about um, Abraham and Sarah who were called to go and yet welcomed by God with blessing. Yeah, I think of the tabernacle and the temple that God was inviting his people to be present with him. You see all throughout the, the gospels where Jesus is specifically calling out the little ones, the least of these, those lost sheep of Israel, constantly welcoming them back into the fold. When we think of hospitality or being welcoming, it's relational. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, your roles kind of toggle back and forth. Each of us on a daily basis, probably really without even recognizing it most of the time, go between these two roles of host and guest. Like as a kid or a student, you're welcomed into your classroom by your teacher really every day. And as a leader in the business place, you might be welcoming your coworkers into a meeting. Or if you're just going grocery shopping, you're welcomed into the grocery store by a clerk or someone just standing there to greet you. Yeah. And as a kid, you welcome your friends over to play. If you're sitting down to a dinner table, you're either the one inviting others to dinner or you're the one being invited to that meal. And so really, hospitality is something that we each practice Every single day, most of the time, without realizing it. But let's go back to the words that Jesus shared with his disciples in Matthew 10 as he's training them. Our text this morning, Matthew 10, 40 to 42, uh, is embedded in an entire chapter where Jesus is articulating this radical vision for hospitality. The chapter is about Jesus sending the twelve, the twelve disciples, as they're clearly the guests to be welcomed. They are the ones being sent by Jesus, welcomed by others. But the lesson that Jesus is conveying is specifically regarding the ability to discern when God's presence rests in a place, both as a host and a guest. And so the lesson that Jesus is teaching is the ability to recognize God's presence. This text helps us answer a really important, timely question. Are we still a Jesus-centered church? Mm. And as we see in this passage, practicing a radical welcome is a sign of God's presence. Throughout Matthew 10, we see a, a radical hospitality, this renewed welcome as an indicator of God's presence. And it's marked by things like 
genuineness. We can look in Matthew 10, 13, if the home is deserving. Now we all have that radar for if someone is insincere or sincere. Are they genuine? And a presence that is open, openness in Matthew 10, 8. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead. That's that difference between unplanned and being prepared, scheduled. Is it inopportune if somebody steps in on those plans? Are we open to the work of God that he desires for us to do? Do we look up and say, what needs to be done? Are we open? Generosity in Matthew 10, 8. Again, you have been treated generously, so live generously. Are we extending that to others? Even in a rational giving of our time, our talent, our resources. Are we living from this posture of abundance and sharing that with others? Or are we living from a place of lack where we hold tight to what we have? And vulnerability, Matthew 10, 16, says, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Mm. That takes a willingness for us as God's people to go out, to invite other people in. A willingness to be hurt. There's a cost to this authenticity. And we see discernment in Matthew 10, 16 as well. Be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. So we practice discernment right alongside with God. How might we maintain good boundaries, healthy boundaries, while still being welcoming? We're not talking about having a revolving door at your home of just people in all the time. But how are we discerning and caring and practicing generosity? Hospitality is a welcoming. It's a welcoming that's marked with the presence of God. And it's often about meeting a need with implications we don't even know that are much bigger than what we can see or what's present. The example in Matthew 10, 42 illustrates this. A cup of cold water. Just a cup of cold water. It could be a matter of life and death to somebody. But it really is just this small expression of hospitality. And yet Jesus says that this simple act of hospitality, like this cup of water, is attached to bigger implications. What the text says are rewards. So we talked about this. What are those rewards that Jesus speaks of that come along with this obedient, diligent, radical acts of welcome? Yeah, so if you were with us last week, we got to recognize and hear a little excerpt from uh, a letter that Christopher Surde had written to us. And um, recently he had been recognized as a 2021 National Hero of Kenya. Maybe you've heard a little bit about this, but uh, it was really recognizing him for his community development that he uh, was really part of for the last 15 plus years in Kodera, Kenya. And so, yes, he received this medal and this recognition of being um, really someone that has made a huge, huge difference in his community. Um, but really, ultimately, because of Christopher's work and truly the sacrifice of so many people right here in our church community, um, that students have been able to experience and receive this really high education, but have been able to really hear about the love of Jesus for the first time. At the very beginning, when Christopher even thought of starting PLA, he simply said, my village, Kodera, just needs God. 
And, and God was already there. God was already working, and yet what Christopher had done um, in starting in PLA and sustaining PLA the last 15 years has truly been an expression of God's faithfulness. But, but really, what is this reward that he receives? Um, is the, the reward that, that Christopher is receiving a, a medal, or is it pointing to something, something bigger, this eternal kingdom where Jesus is the one that truly brings this reward. You hear these words from Matthew 6. It says, Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Hear this. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. Nicholas von Zinzendorf, Zinzendorf, I don't know, it's one of those other worlds. Zinzendorf, we're going to go, yeah, going with that. Um, was an 18th century lawyer, and um, he would actually go on to be an influential leader who helped shape the grassroots movement of what would later become the Evangelical Covenant Church a hundred years after his death. So he's pretty significant in um, Protestant Reformation, but also in our lineage as a covenant church. He, he says these words, and, and hear these words. He says, preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. A little morbid. I know, a little morbid, right? Sorry, it's a cold in here and those words are, are morbid. But, but hear this. Leaders like this, women and men, who have gone before us to model a way of following Jesus that does not seek to build wealth, power, or accolades on this earth, though they may come. The eternal perspective the one that is about building up the kingdom of God, this type of work, being part of this type of work, is the true reward. So how might today we be thinking about this type of, of treasure work? What does it look like for us to step out of our comfort zones to intentionally cultivate this posture, this renewed welcome that we've been talking about? And I think more specifically, who might we be called to extend such hospitality to? That those who are walking far from God, those who are unsure and don't yet know Jesus, is it those who have been hurt by the church or those who have been hurt in life and feel lost and alone? Is it those who are right in our own neighborhoods? Even thinking of the ways that God is at work among us now, um, one of the ways we care for one another is through our congregational care team and the, the meals of care team. And it's so easy to sign up and provide a meal for somebody that we know, somebody who may be going through a struggle. But how might we still sign up and do this for somebody that we don't know at all? How might we be an act of welcome of hospitality towards someone and how will they be brought into our community if we don't lean in and love them well? I think about that in the context of loving somebody that agrees with you or has the same posture, outlook, or worldview, but um, what about when our experiences, our priorities, political views, fill in the blank, whatever, um, is in deep contrast with someone that's in front of you? 
It's easy to sit across from somebody at the lunch table at school or at work or sit across from them or whenever, but um, what does it look like when someone in front of us maybe is a little bit harder to welcome into our lives? What do we do when it's hard to welcome someone you don't agree with? Is Jesus big enough to provide a a radical welcome for them also? I think that's the question. Is Jesus big enough to provide a radical welcome for them also? We may be called to practice hospitality for somebody that we don't know, to welcome somebody we don't know, or or somebody from a far-off land like Connecticut. The uh, Austin and his family are going to be moving him here from Connecticut. Yeah, and we're excited to know more about them. But Jesus also calls us to be close to those right around us. I love how the message translates Matthew 10, verses 5 and 6. Listen to this. He says, as he's sending out the 12, giving instructions to his disciples, he says, don't begin by traveling to some far-off place to convert unbelievers. And don't try to be dramatic about tackling some public enemy. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Is Jesus big enough to provide a radical welcome for them also? As we're in this season where we anticipate new excitement and change, as we get ready for what is to come, how might our lives look differently? truly look differently, both individually but collectively as a community, if we embrace this radical welcome? Do we have a willingness to be inconvenienced for the sake of the gospel? This genuine hospitality is truly in the most simple forms, very inefficient and very time-consuming at times. And yet, it is the good work that we are called to do as followers of Jesus. Maybe it's simply just approaching a neighbor that you know is in a difficult situation or circumstance in their life right now, or a friend that, that just needs that text of welcome or reassurance or, or comfort in a difficult season. Maybe it's simply just doing together, like packaging meals for the community meal packaging event together in your garage or in your own home, just to to work alongside someone else that, that you know God is calling you to build a relationship with. When we live in a world that's efficient, such radical welcome will seem a little antithetical. And just as we prepare to welcome the Bailey family with the new vision that Austin will bring, how might we be preparing to receive him with excitement, with joy? And may that same posture of joy carry us back into our spaces. Because we don't want to miss this point from Matthew 10. As Jesus is sending Austin here to PLCC, and as we prepare to receive him, just in the same way Jesus is sending us back into our places, our spaces, our homes, our work, our neighborhoods. What an opportunity to practice a radical welcome with the presence of God. In just a moment, we will gather around the table to receive one of the most tangible expressions of God welcoming us, each of us, through the invitation to the communion table. Coming to a place of deep relationship with Jesus where you are known and where you are loved and where God is extending care to you. 
And just as we mentioned earlier this morning, Nancy, you truly would never have known how to extend that love or that hospitality to others, inviting them in to use your rolling pin. If not, first, you would have experienced that yourself from your grandmother and from your family. It's this learned process that that has to become part of who we are in order for us to really live it out. And so... How are we ever going to extend the love of God if the love of God doesn't first transform each of us? This invitation that God gives and extends to each of us is one that we invite others to know and be known in this same relationship. This is more than just receiving the bread or the juice for us. It's knowing that Jesus is radically welcoming us into new life. Through his life, death, and resurrection, he invites us into a relationship freely and fully. And through this life-giving relationship, we live as extensions of God's love and welcome to everyone around us. In the same way we receive, we're filled and then sent into this world. Ah, such a good word. I love that. Today we're going to have an opportunity to respond to what you and I have talked about, what we've been processing. We're going to respond to God as we still consider the question, is Jesus still here? We're going to be adding rocks to the rock wall. You'll hear more about all of this in a moment, but that's something that our kids do even at home through this time. We mark this space and time as a remembrance that God is here, he is present, he is with us. And I'm going to invite the band to come back up now uh, as we prepare to continue in worship. And we're going to sing a song that, I've told you this story, God has been speaking to me through this song for two years. He showed me this grand vision of the Holy Spirit coming down here into the sanctuary of filling us and not just staying here, not just filling us, but sending us out. It's this bright light that goes out through the windows to the neighborhoods, to this community around us. The Holy Spirit wants to bless the world radically, and we get to be part of that. So I want to draw your attention to um, some lyrics from this song. I want you to listen for them as we sing this, where it says, Come, Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. And as we ask the question, is Jesus still here? May that be our prayer. Let's pray. we're in a space of reflecting and considering the ways in which God is going to do a new thing in each of us in this next season and in our hearts and in our community. Lord, we come to you knowing that it is because of you and through you that we have life to be moved to go into our neighborhoods and our schools and our places that we live and inhabit every day to be your felt presence. But, but Lord, let us not go first before encountering your love fully. God, may we be reminded that, that you are the one who welcomes us, that loves us deeply, that calls us by name, and that we are invited to be yours. 
So Lord, as we respond in our worship this morning, would you just receive all that we have as an act of worship, knowing that you are in this space. We ask these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.